Welcome to the Tactical Tool Belt Climate Tech Podcast. On this show, we focus on how the real estate industry, the world's single largest emitter of greenhouse gases, can leverage climate tech to become part of the sustainability solution. I'm your host, Greg Smithies. I'm a partner on the climate tech team at Fifth Wall, the largest and most active venture investor in technology for the real estate industry. In this podcast, we'll be joined by people on the front lines, the people inventing, investing in, and deploying the climate tech we'll need to make our homes, offices, and communities more efficient, more sustainable, and ever closer to carbon zero. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Tactical Tool Belt Climate Tech. And today we have the brilliant opportunity to chat with uh, Christopher Naismith, who is the CEO and founder of Audette, who are working on helping people to uh, decarbonize their uh, buildings and evaluate uh, energy efficiency upgrades for them. Uh, Christopher, thanks so much for taking the time today. Great. Thanks for having me. So I always start off this way because I'm fascinated by, uh, you know, the founder journey and the founder story. Um, so maybe just tell us a little bit about your background, how you got here and how you got to founding Audet. Yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, so I grew up in the Pacific Northwest of Canada, you know, a place of, you, I mean, you can picture it. It's beautiful trees and pristine oceans, but I really couldn't wait to get away and into the city where I could experience some arts and culture and and that's where I studied engineering. So I, I studied mechanical and civil engineering and particularly focused on the built environment. And my my first job out of engineering school was as a surveyor. And I found myself back in the forests of the Pacific Northwest, tying ribbons around trees. And I would come back a week later to find that forest clear cut to make way for the center line of the road that I had marked down. And it was kind of in that position in that moment that I realized that the decisions that I make as an engineer have a, a vast and long-lasting impact. And so I needed to reorient. And this is how we landed on the idea of uh, building science and particularly carbon reduction for the built environment. Yep. And how long ago was that, that you uh, you shifted over to founding Odette? Yeah. So th- that sort of moment I talked about was many years ago. I spent about five years of my life really trying to find a path. I went to Uganda to build uh, water pipelines, to Nevada to build houses out of recycled material. And I really ended up back in the field of building science about 10 years ago. And uh, from there, I was consulting to corporate real estate on their decarbonization and energy efficient pathways. And it was in that role as a consultant that I realized that the way that we're doing this is broken. There's, it doesn't scale to the degree it needs to, to execute the climate transition that we need. So Audet was founded and spun up in 2019 to respond to that problem. Yep. Got it. That's that's a fantastic story. I, I actually do sometimes wish that I, I'd gone and done some of those sorts of things, right? Like uh, water pipelines in Uganda. Um, actually, um, my dad, when he was growing up in South Africa, went and did some similar things uh, in what was at the time Rhodesia. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think I've missed out on, on a formative part of, uh, of my life experience uh, by not doing something like that. Yeah, certainly another side of infrastructure development that we don't get to see a lot of. Yep, absolutely. Okay, well, then let's hop into, into our debt. So something got you up one morning and said to you, I need to found this company. There must have been some problem that you, you had decided you'd had, had enough of, right? Um, what was that problem and the, the problem that you're trying to solve? Yeah. So here's what's true is at this point, the world is transitioning to carbon neutral. 
It's 82% of the global economy by GDP that has a mid-century zero carbon target. So this train is coming. There's, there's no doubt about it. What I intuitively realized then after some research realized is that commercial real estate is 14 years behind schedule already <laughs> on that path to decarbonization. So well, and we, we go backwards by two years every year. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, then there's the question of so what? You know, what does that actually mean? Is that the government's problem? Well, it turns out that the due to stranded asset risk, so these are properties that are will become unsellable on the open market and in some jurisdictions even unrentable. There's about 11 trillion in real estate that's going to be at risk by 2050. So that's a that's a huge problem, obviously, but it also represents a huge opportunity for those investors who are willing to integrate an ESG strategy. And so that's really what we enable for large corporate asset managers. Yep. Yeah, got it. Um yeah, so so the actual problem here for those asset managers is is what the problem is that the in some jurisdictions um, and and increasingly more and more jurisdictions the the value of their assets will trend towards zero if they don't retrofit them to reduce the carbon footprints. Um, the opportunity is that in doing so you can they can increase the value of their assets, increase the desirability of. Uh, of their properties to attract key tenants and overall increase the value of their portfolio by investing in uh, carbon reduction. Yep. And I, I think what, what maybe a lot of landlords and owners um, don't realize is how actually soon this stuff is going to happen. Because let's uh, let's say that your your asset, quote unquote, might be stranded, you know, from a physical point of view, meaning potentially underwater in 50 years time, you might actually end up not being able to insure it or rent it out like next year. Right, potentially. I think there's there's some numbers coming out from Colliers in in London because they've got energy efficiency standards that are kicking in here. I think next year, and saying that ten percent of the office space in London might be obsolete because of those uh, because of those new standards. Right. These are so. I think the point here is that landlords think this is far away, but it's actually right around the corner. For many people, they're dealing with it right now. You mentioned London being one where by 2023, if you don't have a certain energy label. A label of E, you won't be able to rent your properties. In the Netherlands, that label is C. So that's up to 30% of their building stock that will be unrentable in two years' time. That's only two capital cycles away. So this is real. This is happening. In here in Canada, the carbon tax is escalating fourfold over the next five years. Uh, in uh, New York and San Francisco, we're seeing similarly aggressive regulations. So anyone who has a a distributed footprint in their portfolio is dealing with this in some capacity. Yep. Um, okay. And I think you kind of touched on some of these numbers, right? But we've got trillions of dollars of assets that uh, that are going to be uh, potentially stranded here if people don't do something, right? So what was that number you you mentioned? So 11 trillion is the estimated amount by 2050. Oh, yeah. What's what's 11 trillion between friends, right? Not not a lot. I, I w actually wouldn't be surprised if that number is probably, probably low because we've got, what, somewhere around $270 trillion worth of buildings out there. Um, and if we know anything, especially with the IPCC report that recently came out, is that uh, climate change seems to uh, move faster than we expected, um, right? And I think a lot of these regulations, therefore, are probably also going to start moving faster than, than people expect. Exactly. Uh, I think that probably discounts the value of the Asian markets where the actual target is 2060, but seemingly they're moving very fast and aggressively on carbon regulation as well. So I think we'll see a lot more emergent 
uh, restrictions on Asian portfolios, particularly. But then, uh, you know, the Biden's climate plan is going to start introducing some some aggressive incentives and regulations in the U.S. as well. Yep, got it. Okay, so I'm a I'm a building owner. I uh, have have a portfolio of buildings. Maybe some of them I know how efficient they are. Some of them I don't. Um, I'm unclear on whether or not these regulations are going to bite me in the ass or not. Right? Where does or debt sort of come in in order to help me in the situation? Our vision is to turn every building upgrade into a carbon reduction project. Anyone who owns a building knows that they generate a lot of projects, you know, maintenance projects, upgrade projects. And what we understand is that every point of capital injection becomes an opportunity to look at sustainability. Uh, and so what we do is we tap into the rich operating data that buildings generate. So this kind of falls into three camps, um, energy data, uh, which includes carbon data, operating data, so maintenance records, asset condition assessment reporting, anything that is being, any records that are being generated by the operations teams, and then the uh, smart building data, so the increasingly connected smart building ecosystem. And through that, we can build out a picture of all of the major energy consuming assets that exist across a portfolio. So building out a robust, realistic transition plan and capital strategy means needs they, they need to be able to look at the entire portfolio as a whole, understand all of the uh, life cycles of the various major pieces of equipment, when they should be investing capital, but also the network effects that exist around their buildings. That you know, What are the um, incentives that are available to them? Who's offering finance into those spaces? What are the penalties uh, for certain geographies if they don't take action? So that all layered together turns into a long-term dynamic capital plan that can be used to make these types of decisions. Yep. Okay. So maybe, maybe run me through an example here. So, you know, uh, multifamily building current, current situation is X, you guys help to analyze things and then end situation is Y. Yeah. Maybe I'll walk through a real example in our portfolio that's happening right now. So one of the world's largest property managers is managing properties for one of the world's largest banks. And this bank has a carbon re- reduction mandate, but they put operations onto the property manager. So they said, you know, in order to keep your contract, you have to help us with this carbon reduction plan. And and so that property manager really needs to reorient their view of the portfolio to understand all of the reduction investment potential. And that bank's mandate is we need to get to carbon neutral by 2050. Well, that's starting now, you know, millions of dollars a year across the portfolio that need to be invested. The property manager needs to bring forward all of those potential projects. So what we do is we integrate the maintenance record keeping system, the asset condition assessment reporting systems, all of their utilities, um, and some of their smart building systems. And we build them this picture of all of the investment potential down to a building level um, across the portfolio. Yep. And then on that, on those decisions, then you're basically giving them, because ultimately I think people, people want to make decisions here on financial stuff, right? CapEx payback periods, but then also probably taking into account some of these CO2 things. So what, what would an example here be of like a recommendation or, or a takeaway that someone's taking out of your reporting around a, a specific project to then go and implement? Broad strokes, decarbonizing the built environment is, is a function of t- really two things, electrifying everything and then cleaning up the electrical grid. So a lot of our recommendations around decarbonization center on the installation of heat pumps. So we'll look at, the, for example, the 
an old steam heating system and pull together cost data, previous project data, um, and engineering modeling to tell them if they invest in heat pumps, um, what they're going to save and, and, and what it's going to cost. And so then they can understand, um, and, the, and those savings numbers incorporate not only the utility cost savings that were connected to you know, the cost intensities for all of the electric grids, but also uh, the mitigation of any fines or um, taxes that, that come along with it. Yep. I think probably the way that that a lot of um, maybe forward-looking building owners are doing this is they just go and hire a consultant to kind of go and do this sort of audit and this analysis on a project-by-project basis. But maybe juxtapose the the way that people are currently doing this uh, against how how much better it is using Audet. So that was my background. I was a consultant to corporate real estate producing $20,000 reports at 200 bucks an hour. And you know I would have kept dunning, doing it if if it hadn't been so slow you know this this transition towards carbon neutrality requires us to assess and pull forward as many projects as we possibly can and engineering consulting uh, is wonderful for design implementation project management but what it fails at is the ability to pull forward all of the potential at a broad scale so you end up looking at one, two, three buildings at a time based on some whim of which section of your portfolio to look at. But what a, a, a really robust strategy needs is a portfolio-wide view. And so Audet enables that by leveraging the power of data. Yep. And uh, think of, uh, maybe give some examples here of the sort of types of assets that this works for. Are you specifically for multifamily or commercial or you know, just uh, across the board? Yeah, we're really focused at this stage on commercial assets, so office, retail, multi-unit residential. Uh, we do move into light industrial. Really think about it. If, if the process inside your building is worth more than the building itself, then probably it's okay to hire a consultant. Um, so we really focus on this high-value sector. But the, the vision um, for the world is that we all have carbon neutral pathways for every building. So the more data that we gather, the more network effects that we take advantage of, the further and further into other markets we can move. Yep. And when you think of kind of like your your uh, best fit customer or best fit clients, do they have, you know, one building, 50 buildings, a thousand of them, a massive complicated portfolio of lots of different asset classes? Where What are the situations where your debt really starts to shine versus doing those onesie, twosie sort of consultant situations? If you've got one or two buildings, it's, it's okay to hire a consultant. They can come out, give you the ideas, you get a report, you refresh that every few years. Where the pain really starts to come in is sort of at this 20 buildings or more, particularly if those buildings are distributed across geographies. Um, as soon as we have to start thinking in a, a, at a distributed portfolio level, that's where it becomes really challenging to draw upon just these small regional resources to get the job done. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's a classic saying, right? You can't manage what you can't measure. Um, we're starting out here in, in the measuring stuff. We're getting into recommendations. Um, where do you think Audet goes over the next couple of years in terms of capabilities and, and what would you like to get to? Yeah, so you had Donnell Baird on your podcast. For what it's worth, I'm a bit of a Donnell fanboy, so maybe he'll hit me up after this. But he sort of laid out that there were there are three pillars to the retrofit market. It's assessment, finance, and engineering. So we're still struggling with the assessment 
portion as a community. This is what Audet enables, is the ability to pull forward all this data. And the good news is that that data exists. And the more that we platformize this, the more data we draw into it, the more network effects we enable. But we're also seeing a lot of interest from the finance market. So there's a lot of energy performance contractors who are who are in, in talks with who want deal flow to deploy their capital. There's here in Canada, you know, $2 billion of uh, money that can be lent out at 2% for 25 years if you can demonstrate 30% carbon reductions. So there's a, there's a ton of activity in the finance markets as well. And that's really our next step is to find these projects and then link them up with the cheapest capital on the market in order to make them happen. Yep. Okay. And then um, I think Danell talks about this too. You just mentioned it too, um, that, that heat pumps really are sort of a, a big uh, hammer that you have in the space. But um, just maybe for people who aren't, aren't as familiar, what are some of the sort of standard retrofit projects that people end up doing, right? LEDs, heat pumps, like what, what are the, the, the breadth and scope of the types of projects people should be considering? Absolutely. Great question. So uh, LEDs are, are a great example. Everybody should do them. You know, it's hard not to buy LED lighting at this point. Uh, controls and automation are another great low-hanging fruit opportunity. So make sh- making sure that you have modern, intelligent building control systems, again, that are becoming ubiquitous and, and very cost-effective. And then it's a, a matter of really looking at um, what is generating the heating and cooling for your building. Uh, make sure that you're using the least amount of heat and and cooling possible through automation, and then making the, that heating or cooling plant as efficient as possible. In many cases, that is a heat pump. Um, in some cases, it'll be a condensing boiler. Um, all sorts of technologies out there that'll that'll help to produce energy and carbon over time. Yep. And what are the sort of capex payback on these sorts of projects end up looking like? And I know this is a very broad question, right? But but in general, are we are we past the time when these things are you know north of ten years, and so you, know, you kind of really have to ethically believe in this stuff? Or are we down into the realm of you know five years, three years, and so a lot of these things are kind of no brainers? So there's it really depends on on the region and the portfolio and the and the building itself. It depends where the user is in their in their journey. So if they haven't done any LED lighting, I mean that's going to pay itself off once incentives are included in in a couple of years time. Automation is very similar. We're starting to see a place where um, more complex heating technologies are reaching that kind of cost parity where. Um, it starts to make sense to invest in them. The way that we really look at it is when is the time when you're going to have to invest in something anyways? So you have to upgrade your boiler every 20 to 30 years. Well, let's catch it at that time. And let's make sure that that incremental cost that you're going to spend on the green premium pays itself off in less than five years. Yeah. But I do think a lot of these technologies rarely are going over a tipping point where they they are just kind of like make sense. Like the, I think last month for the first time ever, heat pumps outsold uh, gas furnaces here in the US, um, which is kind of crazy. Um, I thought that actually we were years away from that. But if you look at the graph, it's basically heat pumps went exponential. I'm sure there's some like tax incentive stuff that's working to that. They got more efficient. There's a lot of things going into that. But um, they went from kind of like a drip to a waterfall in uh, you know roughly the last year. I agree. I think that heat pumps are going to have their Tesla moment in the next few years where they become attractive enough um, the incentives are good enough. They're, they're, the understanding of the technology is good enough that they'll just 
it'll tip in the same way that LED lighting tipped out uh, fluorescence, you know, several years ago. Yep. Fantastic. Okay. So, Odette, um, right now, a platform that helps you manage and audit and measure um, where your buildings currently are in terms of uh, the overall sort of efficiency and impact that they have, and then helps you plan to do um, which projects when, and then in the future, also probably getting into helping you finance those projects, getting in touch with the right contractors, buying the right equipment, all of those sorts of things. Is that a good little summary? That's a great summary. I would note that that is in the very near future. We're in talks with about a uh, billion dollars worth of capital that are looking for deal flow through our platform. So uh, that announcement will come reasonably soon. Fantastic. Okay, where can uh, folks find Audet and uh, find out more? So they can find us at our website at audet.io. We've been in stealth mode for the last year, uh, building and raising, and and we're just about to have our sort of coming out party. So uh, follow us on LinkedIn as well and uh, keep up with all the news. Yep. And that's Audette, A-U-D-E-T-T-E, because uh, well, she's a, she's an auditor, um, a hypothetical auditor, Audette. Yeah, we wanted to personify the energy audit and uh, sort of draw parallels to the the idea of Siri or, or Google being your automated assistant. So we're adding a layer, layer of intelligence to um, energy auditing that hasn't been seen before. Fantastic. Okay. Well, it sounds like uh, this is a great one-stop shop for a lot of people that I'm sure are, are listening. Um, software to automate those audits, um, figure out what projects are actually going to be viable, and then in the near future, get those projects financed and, uh, and get, get the contractors and everybody else involved. So thanks so much for taking the time. This was uh, super exciting and hopefully a bunch of people are going to reach out. Great. Thanks very much, Greg. Thanks for listening to Fifth Wall's Tactical Tool Belt Climate Tech Podcast. For more on Fifth Wall and our efforts in climate tech, visit our website at fifthwall.com.